Paul Leo Schlink has spent most of his working life uh, writing about tennis and cycling and the, uh, I think it's fair to say the two signature events for both tennis and cycling are on as we speak, Wimbledon and the Tour de France. So delighted to say he's on the line uh, to give us his thoughts on both events. Morning, Leo. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, this time last year, of course, Ash Barty was heading towards a Wimbledon victory. She was in New Jersey playing golf this year. Uh, do we have the prospect of another Wimbledon win? We've got two left. Yeah, we do. Um, and it's uh, probably Ilo Tomlanovic has been the sleeper, uh, yeah. given the amount of publicity um, around Nick Kyrgios. But you know, she's in this up to uh, her, her eyeballs. She's um, she can certainly um, go further. She she made the quarters last year and she lost to Ash Barty um, this year with no Ash there. Um, yeah, she's got a great chance. She plays Elena Rybakina in the next round um, to play uh, either uh, Simona Halep or Amanda Anisimova uh, in the semis. Um, look, it's I read before the tournament about the the favoritism all around. It. Um, Iga Swantek and, and why not she went she went on a 137 matches in a row but of course she's out now um, but there was other commentary saying um, 128 women are in this field 128 of them can win and that still applies um, obviously with only eight left now Leo, uh, Ayla was very emotional after the win. We played uh, a grab of it earlier this morning. We might play it again now because it really is, is fantastic. It, it gives you a bit of an insight about it. <laughs> yeah, I just... I don't know, I didn't really think I could do it. So in a way, you know, I look back at that week a year ago and I think I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have. And after some tough moments this year, I thought, you know, am I ever gonna get a chance again? And I can't believe, you know, a year later, I'm in the same position. You weren't sure that you could do it again? Why not? Just because from the get-go, I could tell her level was really high. I didn't know if I could keep up with my physicality and I know she, she never goes away. She, she doesn't give up till the last point and it's very tough to play against players like that. Back to back quarterfinals at Wimbledon has not happened for an Australian woman since Yelena Jokic in 1999-2000. That is an incredible achievement. So can you just tell me what kind of opportunity this is for you now? Um, I don't even know who I play next. But Do you want to know? Sure. Elena Rybakina. Okay. It's not um, the world number one this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after last year playing Ash, um, I think I can face anyone. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, you know, it's going to be a bit of a more of a contest uh, tomorrow. But yeah, I think I've le what I've learned from last year is that I have to bounce back really quickly because there's not a day off. And I think the experience that, you know, you have to move on quickly and forget about the positive emotions and just think about the next match is going to help me for tomorrow. And finally, you said you didn't enjoy it enough last year. Are you enjoying it this year? The biggest thing that's different this year is that my mom's here and she didn't watch any of my matches last year. Even on TV, she would walk the dog for hours and then just check the score. And I was so mad at her because I was like, what if I'm never gonna do this again? You know, you missed it. And well, here you go, mom. You're welcome. <laughs> she hates me now. <laughs> How good is that, Leo? That is absolutely sensational to listen to. Yeah, fantastic stuff. And. Um, Isla's done a brilliant job and uh, she's had a few little issues off the court with her father, Radko, and 
with him uh, uh, not extending the accommodation into the second week and yeah. not showing a great deal of faith, but she's forgiven him for that as well. So, yeah, they're a fantastic family and um, she represents Australia so well. And, um, yeah, she will take a lot from last year playing Ash Barty. Ash went into that quarter uh, final against Ida, really wanted to make a statement about her tennis, and she did so, um, even though she's uh, as a Fed Cup mate for Australia. Um, she wanted to go out there and prove herself uh, to the world and to Isla, and now Isla can take that kind of experience into the match against uh, Ruby Keener in the in the, uh, in the quarterfinals. Yeah, just expand on that story with her dad. He was sort of booking her accommodation a night at a time, wasn't he? And uh, he was. you'd know better than most, Leo. It can't be easy to pick up accommodation in Wimbledon at this time of year. Yeah, it's it's tough, really tough, but it's it's kind of uh, counterintuitive because. The deeper the tournament goes, the more accommodation becomes yeah, available because um, players book, um, every all of them just about, except for uh, Ratko, book the, the whole way through, um, hoping that they're going to get to this last stages of Wimbledon and then they, they vacate and, and it's whatever it is. And uh, housing is so popular around Wimbledon to rent places. But last year was all because of COVID. It was all in the hotel. But this year it's back to the old way. But I think um, Isla is now in a hotel at... Uh, close to Wimbledon. Uh, they're not, uh, funnily enough, not turning the hotels right in Wimbledon, um, apart from the, the pubs. But um, he actually booked, I think, only a couple of nights ahead and she's had to extend it again. So um, they were, according to Isla, very, very accommodating. So, um, you know, they might have a, a Wimbledon semi-finalist in, in their, uh, their keeping um, over the next couple of days. Well, let's just keep, keep hoping that she keeps us to rebooking all the time, Leo. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, look, she's she's got um, great form going this end. The win against Cornet. Cornet beat Iga Swantek. No one's been able to do that in 37 matches. So it's a great form line, and to do it from a set down is fantastic. Is Nick Kyrgios winning over the fans at Wimbledon, do you think, Leo? There's a curios curiosity factor there, um, and I'm not sure. I think it if he, if he end, ended up winning the whole thing um, and showed uh, some grace in doing it, I think that would go a long way. Um, but I just sense in the media interviews that uh, he's certainly winning over uh, a lot of the media. Not all of them, but a, a lot. Um, but winning does that. Um, let's see what happens uh, as we go on. And uh, Christian Garin in the next round will, will be tough. Um, and then to play uh, either, if he wins that match, either Taylor Fritz or Rafael Nadal, it, it's all uphill from here, and um, let's see how he copes with the pressure. But um, when when he plays his best, um, turns the volume down. Um, there are obviously there's huge admiration for his talent. Uh, but you're listening to the commentary last night through BBC. Um, it was borderline hostile towards him, and um, that stems from the Sissy Pats match and other matches out there as well. Leo, you've uh, um, often. Um been very tempered in your criticism of uh, Kyrgios on the basis that uh, off the court he does a lot of good things that a lot of people don't get to know about. Uh, I mean, without breaking any confidences, um, you know, what are those sort of outside tennis activities that make you think there's a little more substance to him than you see just watching him play? Andrew, he kind of addressed the, the match himself um, when he just sort of said, you, you guys don't know me, you don't hang out with me. I've, I've never hung out with Nick Kyrgios. I've done plenty of interviews with him um, away from tennis, but um, you know he set up foundations um, in Melbourne uh, to help basically uh, homeless kids or kids who are uh, not comfortable at home and they want to go and play basketball or uh, do fitness or whatever. And he's provided facilities for that. 
I'm not sure how hands-on he is with it anymore, but it's certainly still there. And it's something that was really important to him because he felt there was a need to do it. And um, he's talked about also this um, tournament about the people who he hangs out with that have taught him to really compete. And there are a bunch of guys in, in Sydney who play basketball and he calls them dogs. Um, and that for him is a, a term of admiration and it's, it's fierce one-on-one -on -one, uh, or you know, three-on-three -three or whatever competition that he plays. And I can see, looking in from afar now, that there's certainly been a, a, a change in the way that he competes. Um, this, I, I reckon even the match against uh, Brandon Na uh, Nakashima would have gone away um, 12 to 24 months ago. Um, the Sitsipats match would have been a, an even bigger circus not so long ago. Um, but he does a lot of work in terms of charity away from the court, um, and it's in his own way, and he sort of keeps it you know, which is a, another thing, counterintuitive, low-key, mm. um, which is completely different to what he does on court. And uh, just uh, moving away from uh, Nick, I mean, ever since the tournament started, Novak Djokovic has uh, seemed to be the one to beat, but he won't have it all his own way against uh, Sinner, who beat Alcarez. That's a tricky little match for him, isn't it? It is. Um, and, uh, you know, um, Yannick Sinner's only 20, got a beautiful game for grass. He's... he's um, had very little experience on it. In fact, I don't think he'd ever won a grass court match until he'd come into Wimbledon this year. Mm. He's now got a bloke called Darren Cale sitting in his coach's box as well. Um, that can only be an asset. Um, that being said, going up against um, Novak, he's going for seven titles at Wimbledon. And um, um, you've mentioned it before about um, the incentive and motivation to do well after not being able to play the Australian Open and maybe not being able to play the US Open. Um, so that, that's going to be a great match. And the winner of that match goes through the player, either David Goffin, who's on a real renaissance, or Cameron Norrie, uh, the last standing uh, British male. So um, that's, that's a really fascinating part of the draw. Leo, uh, they do things so well at Wimbledon. And we saw Sunday nights in a court, former Wimbledon champions all lining up together to celebrate the centenary of this great championship. Yeah, it was, it was just absolutely wonderful to watch that. And everyone would have noticed the, the change at Wimbledon now with a sliding door behind the court, um, as opposed to the little steps down and then walking around at the side. And it's caught a few players out this year, but just that ceremony and the way they did it um, with Freya uh, Ridings as well, singing there, that was just brilliant. And to get the, the number of players they did... Um, Frank Sedgman only recently made a decision not to go to Wimbledon. This would have been the 70th anniversary of his win, and he's still going really well, Sedge. He's racing horses, etc. But to see that history on, on Centre Court together um, and to see the four Australians out there, um, Margaret Court, uh, John Newcomb, Pat Cash, Leighton Hewitt, amongst Roger Federer, Stefan Edberg, um, Venus Williams, all those great champions. It was just fantastic to see. And Wimbledon does that so well. And... I would say the middle, um, sorry, the first Saturday, um, which is basically the day they call it People's Saturday, and they get all the sports people there. That's, for me, usually um, the favourite day at Wimbledon, but what they did and getting Roger Federer back there was just fantastic. Mm, and moving on to your other uh, area of expertise, oh, many areas, of course, Leo, sorry, your second area of expertise, <laughs> I should have said, <laughs> cycling. Uh, what's uh, sort of taking your eye in the first uh, three stages of the Tour de France? Well, they, the prediction was that um, Denmark, which hosted the first three stages, it would be a real test because of the weather and everything else. And we saw it with that uh, 13K time trial. It was very tactical. Then we saw the crashes on stages two and three. And then we saw uh, uh, in stage three, um, uh, Dylan Gronewagen um, have, have a fantastic win. Um, he was right, if you remember, who caused the accident on the Tour of Poland back in 2020, which... Um, 
had uh, uh, awful um, repercussions for uh, uh, Fabio uh, Jakobsen. Um, and thankfully, they're both back and riding now. Um, great win for Bike Exchange, J.K. They really need it because of, of the new system with relegation and promotion uh, in the World Tour. Um, and Jerry Ryan was there to see it. And right now, we see the GC. There's only seven seconds, as you'd expect, uh, after three stages. But now the race goes back into France, um, resumes tonight, goes from uh, Dunkirk to Calais, 170-odd Ks. It's going to be windy. It's going to be undulating. It's just slightly inland. Um, there's a climb about 10 k's from the finish. Um, it only goes for 900 metres, but it's at about 7.5%. That could cause um, some carnage there. But um, with the time bonuses on the end, it's going to be another keenly contested one. But Podjakar is sitting there very comfortably at the moment um, in the top three. Ben O'Connor, not far away for Australia. So uh, Michael Matthews up there as well. So a lot to look forward to tonight. I wonder will the organisers ever stage a, uh, the event over an 18-kilometre long bridge again, Leo, in high winds? <laughs> well, wasn't the greatest idea, was it? Uh, it's just, you know, th this is, I guess, the, the danger of, um, especially this time of the year when the, the weather can be extreme. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was the one that had everyone talking before the race even started about this will be so nervous uh, because of the, the elements and any time you go coastal on the Tour de France uh, there's always trouble and uh, yeah we saw that we saw what happened there and the, the echelons and and the crashes etc um, the riders will be really glad to have that behind in fact Ben O'Connor was talking he said most races um, and maybe he's referring to the Tour of Italy or the Tour of Spain there might be one or two days where you can say okay today's going to be a, a stage for the sprinters um, I can sit at the back of the bunch make sure I stay upright and just get across the line. No dramas at all. He said, this particular Tour de France, if you look at the route, there is not one single day where there's not a challenge or an issue because of the terrain, the weather, whatever it is. Um, there's, a, there's not one moment where you can't concentrate. And we've already seen a lot of anxiety in the peloton where um, I think Stefan Kung got himself in trouble for basically um, laying his hands on another rider in the middle of a race because that, that rider was looking around too much. So that tells you there's a lot of apprehension going on already. Just, uh, you mentioned before, uh, Jerry Ryan. He seems to be involved in uh, cycling uh, forever. Was he involved in the Green Edge team and now uh, the, the Australian Bike Exchange Jayco team? Did you say there's relegation now uh, put in place for some of these teams? Uh, yeah, based, uh, yes, that's right, based on performance. So, Jerry, this is um, the latest, um, I guess, chapter in, in Green Edge of the same team. Uh, and Jerry's been involved right from the start around uh, 2012. Uh, it was created. And uh, now there is a relegation team because there's so many aspiring teams who want to get in to the top flight. So there's been a system introduced um, that uh, riders earn points for their team and it's like a premiership. And um, coming into the tour, there's a, uh, I think there are three teams in the red zone and... Um, and Bike Exchange was maybe a couple of teams um, higher than that. Um, Grunewagen's win is going to make a difference to that, of course. Uh, but, yeah, they accumulate points, and at the end of the year, um, the decision is made on which teams will be promoted to the World Tour. Um, mm -hmm. So it's um, adding an extra element to it and making it really, really interesting for uh, teams and riders. Leo, uh, we're short on time now, so one final thing. We saw this Icons Golf Series get underway at the weekend over in the States. And we saw Ash Barty in action. She was the only female from either the rest of the world team or the Americans. She held her own very well. But the photos afterwards of her uh, uh, 
in a match play event with Andrew Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth is over 200 centimetres tall and weighs 140 <laughs> kilos, former NFL player. And Ash at just 160 centimetres or 166 centimetres and about 52 kilos. It was the biggest mismatch in world sport you would ever see. She'd be loving every minute of it, um, golf being such a great leveller. And, you know, she's been looking forward to this for a long time. Got so much going on in her life at the moment. But she would be missing Wimbledon. She would be following it. But she would, she's enjoying what she's doing right now, including the uh, creation or plans there for a uh, new academy. But the golf side of things, that is a huge passion for her. And I guarantee you she'd have a huge smile on her face right now. Well, she, I saw her spending time and having conversations with, with Ricky Ponting and Brian Lara. So uh, it would have been... And look, it would have been easy to be intimidated there, being the only female in the field. But she was fantastic. She would love it. She would revel in it. Um, and um, anyone who's seen her hit a golf ball uh, will understand just how good she is. And, um, and this is the curiosity she has about sports other than tennis. And it's, if you look at it through that um, prism, it's easy to understand why she uh, was able to walk away from tennis and, and start new chapters. And um, this will be one of the many things that we see her doing over the, the next um, 10 years or so. Leo, when we speak next Tuesday, I wonder will we have an Australian Wimbledon champion? We might have two. We might. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We could. Good on you, Leo. Always a pleasure. Thank you, guys.